WGBB Sports Talk Flashback. I want to welcome a man who spent the part of five seasons with the New York Islanders from 1985 through the 1989-90 season. His best season with the team was in 87-88 when he notched 36 goals and 76 points uh, for the team during the regular season. I want to welcome former Islanders forward Miko Makala to the program. Miko, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much. Miko, I mentioned that 87-88 season is probably your, your best season uh, with the team from a statistical standpoint, but the year prior, in 86-87, you were part of a team that made a very memorable comeback in the first round of the Patrick Division playoffs. That was the, the first season the NHL changed from a five-game playoff to a seven-game playoff, and as luck would have it, you guys found yourself down three games to one against the Caps that season, uh, and you guys made a, quite a memorable comeback that year. Yes, uh, we had a pretty good team, obviously, uh, that year, and, uh, and uh, just too bad that we couldn't get uh, after that any further. But, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Now, you won game five, four to two, and you, you won the next game uh, five to four at home. And the seventh game is the one I really want to talk to you about because that was a game that went into to four overtimes, and Pat LaFontaine sent you guys to the finals of the Patrick Division that year. But that had to have been one of the more memorable games of your career. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, that came uh, when uh, after the first uh, overtime period, everybody was still uh, really upbeat and yeah, yeah, let's go, let's go. Right, and right. and uh, when when we went to the last one, uh, we were pretty tired. Uh, so uh, yeah, we just concentrated on playing. Um, and then uh, just so funny, uh, we had a lot of chances. Actually, both teams had a lot of chances in the overtime, but just uh, both goalies were unbelievable. Uh, Kelly for us. Uh, Especially so, uh, and then how the goal uh, ended up, how Batty uh, just shoots the puck towards the net and goes in. Uh, that right. was pretty, uh, pretty good relief. And I, I know that a lot of people in the stands too. Uh, uh, they, they were happy that game was over because uh, there was a half of half of stands there. I, I think that they were sleeping already. I think it was yeah, four in the morning when the game ended. I thought that was five after two in the morning, but uh, we, we played about uh, six hours that that day. So that first overtime, you know, guys are all geared up. We're going to get the game winning by the by the fourth overtime. You guys must have been really great. Were guys still saying they were going to score the game winner by the fourth overtime? Or you guys are just pretty much sitting quiet in the locker room, getting your rest before the next period. Well, yeah, I think that what happened actually there too is, uh, and I'm not quite sure about this, but what I heard that. Uh, uh, Washington's uh, trainer helped us uh, get us uh, all kinds of fruit and, and all um, oxygen and everything. Really? So I, I, I heard that uh, he was not there uh, next year uh, really? because of that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of a uh, lot of difficulty. Obviously, uh, nowadays players have I don't know how many uh, pair of gloves uh, they have. We only have pair and barely uh, never try them between the periods. What they do now. Right. So they were pretty uh, wet after the game, uh, so was the uh, skate. So, uh, yeah, you could almost pour just uh, water out of the skates, too, after the game. It's true. Nowadays, they're changing two, three, four times a game, and here you guys were. You know, think about things like that, how it was a lot different back then. Yeah, exactly. So no one mentioned that they were going to get the game winner in the locker room. LaFontaine just Johnny on the spot. Well, yeah, and uh, obviously everybody uh, still uh, talk about it. Let's get her done, uh, boys, and all this stuff. So, right. yeah, we... We still, but it, it was just not uh, as, as hype as uh, first after first uh, overtime period. That was certainly a memorable game. I remember watching it at home on TV, and uh, it's definitely exciting. Uh, definitely one that I'm sure all the guys on that team are going to remember for a long time. 
Well, definitely, like, uh, you guys were part of that, and we were part of that, so that was a special time. Well, as I mentioned, your, your best season with the Islanders was the following season. Uh, it also happened to be the same year that uh, former Islander great Mike Bossy was the last year he played with the team. Um, he had his worst season uh, as an Islander that year, scoring only 38 goals in 63 games. Can you imagine having such a terrible season like that? Well, yeah, and a lot of people don't know, but uh, he couldn't even tie his skates uh, skates up, so the trainer had to put his skates on. Uh, he, um, I don't think he even practiced uh, once uh, with the team, um, so he just played the games and, and still uh, come up with the numbers like that. I mean, uh, yeah. that is unbelievable. Yeah, and for those who don't know, of course, Mike had a lot of back problems late in his career, but to score 38 goals in 63 games without... Uh, being able to lace up your skates is, is quite a feat. So did, did you get a chance, though, to, to know Mike at all? Did he help you with your game? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, Trotz and him, uh, you know, they were one of the greatest pairs uh, ever in, in the NHL. So, I mean, just watching them and uh, everyday uh, practices and, and how they uh, did things, uh, that definitely helped uh, a lot uh, for a younger player. And, and that was a, a big treat for, for I, and I know not just for me, but... Uh, rest of the younger players too to watch them sure sure now we mentioned of course that that quadruple overtime game is one of the, the more memorable games but are there any other moments with the Islanders that stand out for you during your time on long island oh there's many uh especially against the rangers uh, many games uh um and after that when we went uh from uh, washington we flew home uh, we got home around six seven o'clock in the morning and uh next uh, right away that same morning we left to philadelphia and played there afternoon game uh uh so uh things like that they're uh they're just uh, still in my mind and like uh like yesterday um obviously the island was uh, a special place for me uh i moved there when i was 20 years old and uh, lived there till i was 25 so that's a pretty uh special time in the sure. young man's life um so yeah there, that is definitely my uh I, I consider that as a second home uh, I, I know the shortcuts there and and every time when i get to long island um, it just feels uh, pretty special. I talked to Brad Delgarno on the show a while back, and he mentioned how Casparitis brought in some uh, crazy music from the Lion King for the locker room one day, and how uh, it was like a ride. So, do you have any stories like that? Yeah, there. I'm sure that there's a lot of stories, but now uh, when I just quickly think about it, uh, usually Pat Lavontaine and myself uh, we lived uh, really close together uh, in Northport, and um, most of the time after practice, we took a little. Uh, run from the locker room to our cars and then see who's uh, home first. Uh, <laughs> a little so one particular time I remember uh, it just rained and, uh, and the roads were very slippery and I got out of the Candiac Park parking lot into the, um, to the road and I had to break uh, and I slipped straight to the intersection, hit the car, oh, uh, the car hit the post. Uh, luckily nobody got hurt, but I think that that Day our race stopped right there. <laughs> yeah, no more racing around after that. That's when the Aldi. No, guys... I would I would not recommend that to anybody. <laughs> That's when the Aldis used to practice at uh, Kenyak Park there. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, in the early was it eighty nine ninety? I guess you get traded to the L A Kings for for Ken Baumgartner and, and Hubie McDonough. Uh, was it tough for you to leave? Like you said, you'd spent a lot of your your early uh, youth uh, growing up on Long Island. Was it tough to go at the time? Well, it's, it's every time it's tough uh, when 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 you get traded and and how that all happens and it, it, in the way uh, you're you're kind of uh, thinking about it, but you never expect that. And and when that actually happens, uh, yes, it, it's not easy. You just have to back up and uh, 
close the doors in your house and 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 move. Right. Um, so I mean, uh, and especially when, to me, uh, I, I love Long Island, and uh, but I understand also what happened there in that uh, one of the um, interviews that I had, uh, which made. Uh, me look like a, not not as popular as, as as I wanted to, and I know that that article was uh, written a little bit differently than I actually said it, mm -hmm. and uh, that's I, I think that that's when the things started to go uh, very south for me uh, on Long Island, and I know that a lot of uh, fans were upset about it, but I, I definitely did not mean that way how that article article was read, um, but uh, you know. Um, you just have to take it and 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 move on and i'm i'm still um not quite happy about that because i i, I love long island i'm i'm still a new york island alumni uh, normally players uh, they they become alumni that the last team that they play for right so i i phoned to uh, poppy nystrom and, and asked him if i could belong to the islander uh, alumni after my hockey career right. and, and uh, he definitely he was uh, open arms and said that definitely. So I'm I'm very glad that I still uh, I am still part of the New York Islanders. You know it's tough because you know when when you have a tough day and you can be talking to a reporter and maybe you say something that can be misconstrued and you know it's tough every day to to keep that up and, and not be uh, get caught with saying something maybe that you don't mean and then it gets turned around on you. So that's that's a tough part of being a professional athlete, I would imagine. Well, yeah, and, and you know, I, I'm not using any uh, language barrier or anything like that, but right. sometimes uh, I, I might say that at the time things that I, I did not mean it, and, and I know that, that the words were twisted, and uh, that was too bad. But, you know, um, bygones are bygones, and we move on and, and, and live. But I, I'm just hoping that, uh, uh, you know, I'm remembered uh, one of the Islander uh, players and and uh, in, in a good way. Well, you end up in Los Angeles. Uh, you, you played with some great players there: Wayne Gretzky, Larry Robinson. Uh, a lot of former Rangers were on that team, also Bernie Nichols, Luke Robitaille, uh, Barry Beck, Granado, Sandstrom. It had to be fun to to be to play in Los Angeles at that time, though. Um, yes, uh, it was. Uh, like we had an earthquake there. Uh, that was oh. a wild experience. <laughs> uh, uh, but you know. Uh, you know, if, if if you look at the Long Island that who I play with, uh, the the lineup there, I mean, uh, uh, you can't have those type of teams anymore today's no. era. Uh, but yeah, I've been very very fortunate to play uh, with some of the Hall of Fame players, and uh, and that uh, that that is the one thing that nobody can take away from me. Well, you played only a season there. Uh, you did make the playoffs. You guys ended up, uh, I think, losing in the second round there under head coach Tom Webster, another guy with uh, some New York ties. But before you know it, you're on the move again. Just before the start of the, the 1991 season, you, you get traded to the Sabres for, for Mike Donnelly. Yeah, that was actually uh, what happened there, that we had a meetings with the, with the management after the season. And, and I just, uh, um, I, you know what, to be honest, somehow that just didn't feel... Um, wasn't working uh, for you. Well, yeah, yeah, I don't know. And I, I told him, I said that if, if you guys feel like uh, you don't have a spot for me here, uh, I, I would really uh, uh, then uh, would like to um, that if you guys would move me on. Right. And and luckily Buffalo uh, uh, felt that uh, you know I, I can still play, and and they uh, they gave me a chance, and and, uh, and everything worked out. Well, after a season in Buffalo, you, you bounced around a little bit in, in Germany, I think, for two seasons before winding down your, your career. In, uh, you played a season in uh, Finland, uh, your homeland of Finland, and, and in Sweden. That, that had to have been a, a good way to, to wind your career down, though, and closer to home? 
Uh, yeah, and, and I, I had a chance to play in the World Championships. I had a, a chance to play in the two Olympics, uh, yeah. uh, and, and that was a great experience I- itself, too. And then uh, when I came back to Boston, 94-95, uh, uh, that was a lockout year. That, that was kind of a shortened up uh, season, so it kind of a, um, somehow was just, uh, for me, uh, time to move on from there, too. So, uh, yeah. Now, you actually were coaching. I know you're living out in Western Canada now with the school that you're running out there that we'll talk about in just a couple minutes here, but you were a head coach in the Western Hockey League with the Lethbridge uh, Hurricanes for two seasons early uh, in 2002-2003? Yes. I was very fortunate. Uh, Brian Maxwell was a head coach at the time uh, who was coaching in L.A. at one point, too. And um, so he, uh, I, I've been coming here to, to Lethbridge um, since '87. And uh, I married my wife, uh, Janice, um, 89, and we got married in Long Island, by the way. How about that? <laughs> and uh, so, uh, yeah, and, and one summer I came here and uh, he, he called me and said, that, have you ever thought about coaching in Canada? And I said, well, actually, you know what, I haven't. And he said, well, what do you think uh, of that idea? And I said, sure, uh, why not? And uh, then, then uh, he interviewed, um, Hurricanes interviewed me and uh, they offered me a job. I was coaching at the time in Finland too, so I had to kind of make a choice here what I'm going to do. Uh, so I phoned to Finland and they said that, well, if you have a chance like that, I mean, they're all, all on board. Um, and I said that, okay, I'll, I'll make that move. Uh, right. So it was good for my wife too that we moved to yeah. her hometown. That worked out. Huh? And, and here you end up in Los Angeles, which didn't really work out, let's say, for you, but you still you met someone in Los Angeles that kind of put you on to this opportunity. Well, exactly, and, and uh, Brian was there actually before uh, when I got to L.A., but I'd been knowing Brian for a little bit uh, to come into Lethbridge because he's from Lethbridge, so he was coaching Hurricanes for a long time, and uh, then his longtime assistant moved on to uh, to um, to Vancouver, right. and uh, then he was looking for assistant, and, and that's how uh, everything happened, and I, I was uh, very fortunate uh, to be part of that. I, I learned a lot from uh, Brian. And um, then uh, I become a head coach here, and that's the first uh, European head coach uh, in, in Canadian uh, junior hockey that ever has happened. So uh, I made a history on that. So, yeah, it's, it's been a good ride. Well, today you're running Miko Makala Hockey, a uh, year-round training program in Lethbridge. And, and how did that come about? What are the, some of the things that you do there as a part of that program that you started? Well, it's kind of funny. Uh, I, I was helping the coach here in the uh, AAA Bantam team, uh, boys team. And uh, in that team happened to uh, Richie Sutter's son Luke uh, playing. So um, kind of uh, we went on from there, and uh, they they liked what we did. We did a kind of a European type of a try land in, in the, during the week and all this stuff. And then they started to talk to me about that. Well, why don't you run a conditioning camp in the summer? So I started to think about that, and, and a friend of mine, Chris LaRue, um, is, is also involved in this, uh, this uh, training uh, right. uh, thing. So then uh, we kind of started to run with it, and, and now uh, we've done it for three years, and, uh, and it's been very successful, and, and we've been having a lot of fun. We have a lot of uh, WHL players uh, training with us, and, and they've been uh, very successful. So, yeah, it's been, it's been very, very good. Now, this coaching something that you always knew you had in your blood, or maybe just kind of caught a bug and, and you found you enjoyed it, and, uh, and now it's something that uh, you obviously must enjoy that you've been doing it for three years now? Well, yeah, and, and that's not all. And I don't know if, uh, if a lot of people know, I'm actually mostly uh, involved with, uh, with uh, women's hockey. Um, I'm uh, in the Warner Hockey School. I'm a director, head coach there, 
which is one of the top uh, junior women's uh, uh, midget teams in, in North America. And I'm kind of running that too, uh, and it has been a phenomenal uh, situation. That's great. I mean, uh, is, it, is it something that uh, you ever had aspirations of coaching in the NHL? You kind of found your niche now, and I think maybe that's uh, you just kind of like what you're doing now. You're going to stay put? I've, I'm very happy with the way uh, things are right now. I can stay in Lethbridge. I love Lethbridge. It's, it's a great, uh, great city. Um, we have about 80,000 people. It's, it's a nice size of a city. Uh, my wife's family's here. Uh, um, I'm very close to uh, Warner. It's about 30 minutes uh, down the road south from here, from Lethbridge. Mm -hmm. um, if, if people don't know, Lethbridge is in Alberta. Uh, we are about two hours south of Calgary. Right, right. And uh, and then uh, where where the Warner is is about a half an hour south of uh, here from Lethbridge. So I'm very very close to the Montana border. Yeah. Well, listen, Mika, it's been great having a chance to talk with you here on the show. I'm glad to hear that things are going so well for you uh, out in Lethbridge. Certainly, Islander fans uh, certainly remember you and your time spent here uh, with the Islanders. I just want to, again, thank you for taking some time to, to speak with me this evening and wish you the best of luck in the future and, and with the hockey school and, and everything out there. If you're ever back in Long Island, let us know. Well, thank you so much to have me uh, on your program, and I, I hope all the best for the Islanders and, and the people uh, on Long Island. Great. Thanks a lot, Miko. Take care. Thank you.